Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's word in our lives. Hey everyone, this is Karen and Chris Conley. We are in studio recording this conversation, and this is the last week of our series, Just Keep Showing Up. Week five of the series, hope that this has been um, a huge encouragement to you in the whole context of what it looks like to make a difference as a believer um, for you to be someone who begins to obey the Great Commission to go and make disciples. And Chris, as we talk about this particular message, you really rewound all the way back to the beginning. Um, and, and we're going to go there and talk about what the content was of that message. But since this is the last podcast and the last conversation um, regarding this series, unless we sneak an extra one in, which we might. Um, but in this context here, is there um, something that you would want to say as we round the bases to this fifth week in terms of discipleship before we start talking about the very beginning? Yeah, I would say discipleship is not optional. It is the Great Commission. It is the one thing that God has commissioned us to do. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, he's not going to give us a commission that's impossible. He's going to give us a commission that is possible. Uh, He's not going to give us a commission that's only for the select few. He's going to give us a commission that is doable by every single person. Now, a disciple is a learner and follower of Christ. And so, yes, there are a few basics that each of us need to learn in order to follow. But once you kind of master the basics and in sports, kind of once you master the fundamentals and don't be overly intimidated by the word master, it's truly what it means to love God and love people, then we need to find practical ways to uh, prioritize this and put this into our life, into like literally on the calendar that we don't make disciples accidentally. We make disciples intentionally by we identify a few people, uh, we approach those people, and we invite those people into a relationship where we actually sharpen one another. So this discipleship is you know, a process of, um, it's doable. Don't make it something that just feels, oh, I can't do that, and you feel defeated. No, this is so doable. Well, Chris, this, uh, and if you've listened to the message, then you probably understood what I was referring to at the top of the podcast, but that is that um, we've been talking about discipleship and what that means to pour into another person. And um, But this particular message, we, we talked about going back to the beginning because this is really... Um, where we talk about the first step, and that is um, how do we um, become people who are 
relationally investing in the people in our circle of influence to in in a culture where we have unchurched people and de-churched people all around us and it's so easy if if you go to church and you're plugged in and you have community to just get in this little bubble and not be in a place where people are coming into the faith because of your faith. And so talk with us and kind of set the stage on that. Yeah, every one of us has a circle of influence that within your circle, there are certain places that are just a part of your routine. And, you know, let's say that you go to certain restaurants and you start to see the certain the same uh, waiter or waitress each time and you, you build a little bit of a rapport uh, maybe you go to the same health club and, you know, you begin to, you know, kind of go at the same time and you begin to see people and meet people and build a little rapport. Well, you know, it's your place of work and, you know, it's whose office is next to you or who's on your team or, you know, it's those kind of things. Well, when you look in your circle of influence, you have to ask this question, God, where are you already at work? God, where are you pursuing people? Um, What are you already doing? And because now this is within my circle of influence, you're inviting me to join you in what you're already doing in your pursuit of these people. And so really, it's just us observing um, and looking for kind of God activity and looking for people who have interest in maybe what God's doing in and through you or there's other indicators in their conversation, ways that you have interest in, in, in seeing just, you know, uh, you know, certain things that may at times, you know, appear to be coincidence, but maybe from God's perspective, it's not coincidence, that it is the activity of God, and you begin to invest in those people. There are other times that might, you might not see any activity, and you might be praying, and, and if you'll start praying about who's in your circle, Um, then God may lead you to just become a trusted friend for the sake of eternity. And you start building a friendship to try to cultivate interest in God and to try to see what doors might open and just how well you can truly love someone. And what we say frequently is once we begin, because I really believe the vast majority of evangelism, which is the first step of discipleship, is really relational. It's not confrontational. It's not just like cold turkey, you know, evangelism and you go ask someone, you know, these questions and you just kind of confront them with something. I really believe the most effective way is loving someone, serving someone, and cultivating an interest in why you love them and serve them. You know, Chris, as we think about this, I think two things come to my mind. You know, one of them is, you know, we have to ask ourselves as believers, do we really believe what we say we believe? Because if we really believe that there is a heaven and a hell, that that it, you know, that we must have a personal relationship with the Lord in order to go to heaven, you can't have that knowledge and that belief and then look at the people that you love and that you spend your time with with just ambivalence, like you either believe that and that's true or you don't. But if you do believe that, then sure, in the context of just every stranger in the world, 
you know, you're probably not going to go out. And, you know, the sandwich board effect is not really my favorite. You know, that's not, that really turns away more people than, than anything in most contexts. But if you look at the people that are mothers and fathers and sons and daughters and brothers and sisters that are all around you, and you think, how many times have I, you know, had conversations with them? And how many times have we, you know, just talked about things that don't matter, but, you know, weeks and years and months have gone by and I've never been intentional to begin a conversation and love them in such a way that they would see my faith and I could have a conversation with them. Yeah. I mean, here's the, a modern day equivalent. Okay. So obviously we live in Memphis, Tennessee, where St. Jude Hospital is. The premier research hospital in the world for cancer and specifically with children. And you know someone who has a child that's been diagnosed with cancer. But they, for some reason, are not aware of St. Jude Hospital. And you would just have that knowledge and never tell them about St. Jude Hospital? It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Of course you would tell them about St. Jude Hospital. Because everything about St. Jude is committed to healing that child. Well, everything about God is committed to healing each and every person. And so um, if we just have the right view of God, which he is a good God, full of mercy, full of grace, full of love, um, we have the best news, not just good news. We have the best news in the world to share with people. The issue isn't the news. Unfortunately, the issue is the way most people choose to share it. You know, it's that principle that approach trumps content. And so how we say something is more important than what we say. And unfortunately, in previous years, you know, a lot of people have kind of uh, tried to evangelize by convincing people of the truth. Like, this is the truth. And, you know... What we say frequently at One City Church is that love is patient, love is kind. When love is patient and kind repetitively, again and again and again, then eventually people will rejoice with your truth. But if love is impatient and unkind, they'll never rejoice with your truth. And so um, the thing I would just simply say is love really is what paves the way for all evangelism, you know, evangelism is even a word today that, you know, a lot of people even kind of fear because so many people have done it, you know, wrongly, so to speak. Um, But if we just see ourselves as people who have good news and we're going to share that good news in the nicest, kindest, most humble, serving, caring way possible, then there's nothing to be afraid of. Well, and Chris, you know, we use the term to become a trusted friend for the sake of eternity and, I, and obviously, there's several things to unpack in that, and you did in the message, and, and we will um, discuss those right now. But I think the other side of, uh, of this topic, I think also, when we think about it, um, if we think we have to go and, um, and, and share this with everybody, it probably feels so big we'll share it with nobody. And so um, the trusted friend part is trust takes time to build. So, you know, if, if your first introduction um, about the Lord or your walk with the Lord to somebody is, 
you know, the week before Christmas and you're inviting them to their Christmas Eve service, you know, that's that's kind of a one-off. That's just an invite. You're not really building a friendship. You're not really investing in them. Um, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's better than nothing for sure. But that whole idea of just, okay, who are three or four people, five people that you're just going to take this year and they're going to be your focus. I'm going to love them well. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to just build this bridge and this relationship because I care about them. Not because I'm trying to manipulate them or slide something in later, but because I truly care about them. I'm going to do that. And to me, that seems um, that seems like something that people can get their hands around. Not, you know, let, you don't have to invest time in 100 people, but who are the three, four, or five people that you could focus on this year? And again... This goes back to your circle of influence. In all probability, those three to five people will be within your circle of influence. There's going to be some overlapping relationships. And the more that just, you know, your life overlaps with someone else's life, your path cross with someone else's path, then it's just much easier to, you know, have these conversations and begin to invest in one another. If every investment requires a separate appointment, then that becomes very challenging. But what I would encourage you to do is in that circle, just pray and say, God, you know, who are three, four, five people that, you know, maybe they don't know the Lord at all. Uh, Maybe they're disconnected from the Lord. Maybe they, you know, didn't grow up churched or or whatever it might be. Maybe they're de-churched. They grew up church but left, whatever it might be. And just say, who are the people that I should prioritize just loving extremely well? I should prioritize becoming that trusted friend And then as, you know, maybe once a month, I intentionally schedule lunch or coffee with them. You know, maybe we go to a ball game. Maybe we go to a concert. Maybe we do things like that. But through that process, at some point when you just consistently love people, they're going to start asking you some questions. They're going to want to know more about why you are the way you are. Uh, They're going to be grateful that you're just proactive and loving them. And doors are going to open undeniably. And you're gonna, they're going to share about your life. You're going to share about your life. And honestly, you don't have to force anything. Um, love paves the way. And so I would just encourage you, it's just a matter of identifying these people, prioritizing a friendship with them, uh, literally putting it consistently on your calendar. And then you look for strategic opportunities to invite them to what God is doing in and through church so that they can experience God, um, you know, through a group of people. They can experience God in a corporate worship setting. They can, you know, what if you'll invest in them, you're doing what only you can do. And then what we'll do as a church is we'll try to create that safe in, in environment, that safe place to hear a dangerous message. We'll try to create that place that you have complete total confidence that if you invite them to, they'll have a great experience. And then we can do what only we can do by creating that that corporate experience of people loving the Lord, loving one another, where that's attractive, it's irresistible, that causes a person to consider placing their faith in Christ, consider taking one step toward Christ, and over time, uh, that person will be won by love. Chris, as we're talking about this and and just building this bridge of, okay, you don't have to have all the answers um, and you can just love somebody well and then 
partner with that opportunity to introduce them. Um, there is something unique about being in a corporate setting and worshiping that the Spirit of God draws people. Um, there, for some people, they've never been in that type of, of environment before. And um, so that is something that is, that is so important. Um, but before you get there, um, one of the statements that you made um, was that you have to be willing to understand before you can be understood. And I think that is something that um, if we're not careful and we've been around the church a long time, we kind of come in with our own set of expectations and of, of how everybody operates. And we forget that not everybody has had the same journey as we have. So what would you say, um, maybe to elaborate on that point, as people are are praying through and asking who those people are that they they probably didn't all have the same experience that you did and and that needs to be taken into consideration. Yeah, you want to take each person right where they are in their spiritual journey. So, you know, for some people, uh, they didn't grow up in church and, um, you know, in many ways, honestly, uh, a lot of times that's easier because, you know, they haven't had a lot of exposure to the truth, to the good news. And when they hear it, it really is good news. And they're not necessarily cynical or they haven't had a bad experience and, and they're just, uh, can be more open. Uh, there's other people, honestly, that have been hurt by the church. And, you know, instead of trying to say, well, you know, that was just one experience, you know, no, you just say, unfortunately, sometimes, uh, the church is imperfect. It's made up of imperfect people. We make mistakes. Um, please don't judge the church by the church at its worst. Judge the church and judge God's people by their consistency, by the fruit that they consistently bear, by the best examples, not by the worst examples. And and so we, we don't try to sugarcoat things. We don't try to be defensive. We don't try to hide, you know, our flaws. Yeah, you know, all of us have flaws, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're just simply trying to help you receive God's love, and then give God's love. And we believe that it's hard to do that by ourselves. And so when we are together, um, we encourage one another. When we're together, we sharpen one another. And those, we, we, we need one another. And so it's just really trying to take each person. Uh, it doesn't matter what their problem is. It doesn't matter what their pain is. And because God offers the same thing. He offers forgiveness to all of us. Um, he offers healing to all of us. And so uh, I would just major on the majors, minor on the minors. If someone starts, you know, chasing some rabbit about, well, you know, what about the creation story or what about, you know, dinosaurs or whatever, whatever it might be, you know, you can say, hey, you know, at some point, if you want to chase those rabbits and talk about those things, you know, sure, we can look it up, we can figure it out, we can discuss it. But honestly, I, I think if we just kind of focus on the big picture and say, what do we really believe about who God is and what he's done for us, then all that other stuff will fall into play. Chris, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, you know, so many times in those um, early stages of, um, of somebody that we're reaching out to and we're wanting to see um, God's work in their life and them to have their eyes opened. I think w that it's rarely an academic um, debate. It usually centers back to either a lie that they're believing about God or a lie that they're believing about themselves. 
And so even in that context, as you're, you know, praying for and building friendships and being intentional to, um, to identify people and, and become that trusted friend, a lot of times if you can just truly focus on having an accurate view of God yourself um, and then sharing the victory that you've experienced in knowing whose you are and your identity in him and the way that you've maybe had to have your eyes opened so that you don't believe lies that the enemies told you about yourself. You've found freedom and you've seen that you're valuable in God's eyes, that you can help someone do that. And a lot of times those two things, um, people who believe lies about God and lies about themselves, um, if you can help them even just peel that back a little bit, all of a sudden their vision will change. Yeah, and, and I think in that vision changing, um, maybe the most important thing is just listen to people. Um, people are accustomed in some type of you know Christian approach, evangelistic approach to the believer having all the answers and trying to convince you of those answers. Um, you know, love is often spelled L-I-S-T-E-N, listen. And the more we listen, um, you know, people feel heard, uh, they feel understood, they feel valued, and then they want to know what you think about it. And then they kind of give you permission to speak into their life. And so um, you just got to spend a certain amount of time with people to listen. Uh, and then when you hear the problem or you hear the pain, like you said, it's most of the time one of those two things. It's, it's not necessarily an intellectual argument. It may uh, present itself that way initially. But really, it's just some level of brokenness. And when you can just respond in compassion and you can just say something like, you know, have you ever considered... Or what do you think about this? Or do you need this? Or would you be open to this? Um, people will be receptive to that. Um, the thing about it is, if we will love well, we'll never have an evangelistic problem. Chris, I hope that um, as we wrap up this particular podcast, that you'll be inspired to make a difference in somebody's life. As we talk about um, this series about discipleship, um, there's discipleship for for that new believer, and then there's discipleship for the maturing believer, all of those things. But there is probably nothing more satisfying in life than knowing that God has used you to open up somebody's eyes to the gospel or to help them be sanctified and become more like Jesus. There's really very few things in life that are more satisfying. So as we bring this particular podcast to a conclusion, I hope it's just the beginning of you taking a step and deciding who is it this year that you're going to invest in for the sake of eternity. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.